Teaching Journey Podcast acknowledges the traditional custodian of the country and pay our respects to the elders past and emerging and recognizes their continuing connections to the land, waterways, and community. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hi everyone, you are listening to Teaching Journey Podcast, Connecting with Early Education, Episode 17. In this episode, I sat down with Shelly Giosis. She has been working in the early child sector for 30 years and still carries the light of passion, enthusiasm and love for early childhood. I have met Shelly twice before the recording and her energy radiates in the room not because she's naturally a bright person, but she's full of excitement in everything she says or do. She said, jump on the train of excitement. And for myself, just speaking with her for a short while, I did jump on that Shelly train for a little bit and quickly felt excited and motivated to be on the train with her. I remember a time when I felt monotonous and colorless in my teaching role, where I remembered saying things like I felt like a hamster who was running in a wheel, going in circles, you know, going into the center, working through the routines, perhaps planning for the same-ish experiences that I've been doing for a while, because that was comfortable to me. And I also felt overwhelmed at the same time. And I think the first step for me is the awareness of the space that I was in. And then I had to make a choice to decide if I want to continue to be the hamster who was running on the wheel or the one who jumps off. I remember going to a network meeting and there was this kinder teacher who I met who was passionate about a project that she was doing with children. She was radiating when she was talking about that project and she was just beaming with excitement. And then I remember leaving that meeting and questioning myself, why? Why am I working with children? What motivates me and gets me excited when I'm working with children? I think in the sector at the moment, there has been a lot of noises and we can easily get distracted or pulled into a vortex of negativity and depletedness. But there are all our choices. If we want to keep ourselves sinking into the vortex, or be the hamster that jumps off from the wheel. Like Shelly mentioned, start talking about what you're doing to others. Start listening to yourself and get excited about the things that you're doing. When you get excited, the children get excited and the energy translates to the team, the families and the whole community of learning. So I invite you to question yourself, why did you choose to work with children? And I hope that question itself would be enough of a fuel to reignite the fire and passion for early education in you. So here it is, jump on board on the Shelley train, episode 17. Enjoy. Welcome, Shelley. I'm so excited to have you here because uh, we've met a few times at an event and I remembered that you were so passionate so driven you're very outspoken there were two events that I've met you and you really do shine in those events and it's so amazing to have you here because I was just thinking who is this woman who is this Shelly woman 
who is so passionate, driven, and mm. so motivated. Um, and it's so refreshing to see that in this sector. And it's so important because you were really advocating uh, about early childhood. Uh, there was one of the conversations in the event was about getting paid for having students in the center. And you're so passionate about that with the different perspective that was discussed in that session. Um, and, and I think we need more of people like you who, you know, who's very, who's been in the sector for many years, who's very knowledgeable, but who has that self-confidence and self-awareness mm-hmm. uh, about themselves and who have the ability to advocate for people. And I know that, you know, back in the day where I have mentors who, you know, I learned from are people like you who kind of like, you know, yes, this is your rights. This is this is who you are. Mm. This is what the sector is about. And you need to, um, you know, advocate for yourself. And these are the things that you need to be saying. And and that's how I learn. And so it, it's, it's great to have someone who's knowledgeable like that. I feel really embarrassed by no. these amazing, beautiful <laughs> comments. I feel, thank you for saying all those beautiful things. And I feel, I feel really touched by that because I feel like that's exactly what I feel like. Mm. I feel passionate about this whole, in this profession, this, this world of early years. I feel like it's in my bones and in my blood. And I feel like it's, I'm pleased that people can see that. And I'm pleased that people can hear it Mm. and, I'm, you know, I'm thankful that you picked up on my excitement mm. and my enthusiasm, and I hope other people do as well, mm. because I feel like sometimes in this um, in this world of the early years, people um, feel a bit nervous or a bit hesitant to speak up, and I feel like not that it's my role, but I feel confident enough to speak up and I hope that people hear what I'm saying and then they say, oh, yeah, we should be saying that. Oh, yeah, we should be doing that. We should be advocating for children. That's what we're doing. You know, things like that. I feel I want people to hear the way I'm talking and the way I'm believing and the way I'm seeing this amazing world of the early years and hopefully they can, you know, ride it a bit. Yeah, most definitely because these are difficult, uncomfortable conversations mm. And what you're doing is sparking, you know, that thought. Mm. Hang on. I've never considered, you know, getting paid, for example, Mm. you know, when students come in. I always thought, well, this is a way of doing things and assume that that's just how it is Mm. and never considered that there actually, you know, other ways of doing things. And so what you've done is really putting that little seed of that reform, I would like to say, of hang on, that, 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 that spark and that fire, mm. hang on, let me consider a different alternative way of looking at things and doing things. Yeah, I think one of the sentences that sticks out in my mind is when it's said, it's the way it's always been done. Yes. That sentence uh, really bothers me. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like then I say, why? And how come? And who decided that? You know, so just because it's been done that particular way, I'm not saying that's a bad way, but you can rejig, change, alter, move, maneuver, shift, whatever. Be- just because it's been done a-, a certain particular way one time doesn't mean it has to be like that forever and all of eternity. Yeah. So just because something's been done a particular way for a time, it doesn't mean, it definitely doesn't mean that it needs to be done that way yeah. forever forward. Yeah, correct. Exactly. Yeah. And having this um, confidence to say, yeah, I wonder why it has been done like that. 
And even like you said, just that seed, I love that. Someone saying, oh, yeah, I didn't realise that we could think of changing that. (laughs) Of course you can. You know, this profession lends itself to creativity and adaptability and flexibility and individuality. You can do whatever you like. You know, it's, yeah, we've got... um, the frameworks as a guide, but you can make it look like whatever you want it to look like. And that's what I love about it. Individuals, uh, teachers, educators, whatever, coming and creating a space that looks like them and feels like them. And then you come in, you can be who you want to be, you know, with that drive of, yeah, it's about the um, getting the best outcomes for children. But yes, I want it to look like this because that's how I feel and that's what I believe. And that's, you know, something that's important to me. So, you know, having that idea that I can do it the way I want to do it, I just think that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So let's go back to when you start in early childhood. Why do you start early childhood? And did you have those drive and that confidence in the early days for you in the the profession? I feel like I've been thinking about this a lot as my years accumulate and thinking, you know, was I like this at the start? And this is a wondering that I have, I'm not sure of really, but what I do know when I think back to like early, early days, I think back to my role as an older sister. I am the oldest of three and I adore my siblings and I loved, and my cousins, and we spent a lot of time with siblings and cousins. And I feel like that somehow maybe instilled an idea of this nurturing, this, um, this idea of caring for and making sure everyone was happy, making sure everyone was busy, making sure everyone had something to do. That idea, I think maybe was the start of it all. But also then I think, well, you know, temperament, my temperament has got to come into that at all as well. And then my, you know, some bits of personality come into it as well. So anyway, I've been thinking about that a little bit, thinking maybe it was my status in the family that started it. Mm. It could be that maybe. But I also feel like I, I don't know, I, I feel like I remember seeing children that were not happy or not not engaged with families or something, you know, I feel like I saw things and I thought, well, that could be done better. I feel like I have those thoughts, those recollections of watching families, watching, you know, young children and thinking, oh, that could be, we could do that a bit differently. You know, why are they, why is that happening like that? I wonder. So I I had that wonder about why children were being treated the way they were being treated. So I remember that, you know, like even in, I have like a recollections of like in a, you know, um, like playgrounds and, you know, um, going to the beach and the river and places and thinking, I wonder why they're doing that, you know. And we, my upbringing was very outdoorsy and very free and, you know, I got to, you know, be in mud and be in dirt and, you know, it was grotty and, you know, just free really and I found it interesting that not everyone was like that mm. so maybe that's something to do with it as well so I've been yeah I, so thank you for letting me think about this and you know encouraging me to think about how I wonder where this came from but anyway once I started studying and then learning about like theorists and people had been seriously thinking about how children evolve and develop and you know change over time and I was like 
this is amazing. People have been putting a lot of thought into this. Yes. <laughs> and people are like listening to these people and these are these are people that are not just around for two minutes. They've been around for years and their thoughts and their theories. And I thought, this is really interesting. And I, I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, people have been thinking about this and creating, you know, stages and, you know, journeys for children and things like that. And I was thinking, this is really amazing. And so I think I got spurred on by that, maybe. I don't know. It's This is all, you know, post the event when you're thinking about it. And then I did get to work in some amazing spaces. I have also worked in some not amazing spaces as well really early on, which I didn't know weren't amazing at the time. And that's part of the journey, I think. Knowing what you don't want to do, I think, is really a part of it, shaping my philosophy and my wonderings about children and um, relationships with families and children. And anyway, so, but, yeah, I've worked in some amazing spaces with some amazing dream teams and you know I think that is a really not pivotal but almost pivotal part of Mm. me feeling comfortable and confident and passionate about the early years and what it means to me and what what I want it to look like for me working with people that have got that drive and similar working in a team where people are similar and have a sort of you know way that is yeah, I feel the same. And, you know, you're saying the same things. You want to set up an experience and they've already set it up and you, you know, things like that. You go, oh, we're similar and we've got the same drive. So I think that sort of helped create where I want to be as well, or where I am. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. I completely resonate with you with working with almost like your dream team. Yeah. Where you walk in, you know, you don't have to finish your sentence because the other person has already done it yeah. or, you know, halfway through it yeah. thinking about it. And it's that, you know, that energy, mm. that passion. You kind of go, ooh, that excitement. And so that keeps you going, mm. isn't it? Yes. And so I think that's really important because that's almost like reassuring that you're in the right path, you're in the right direction yeah. in terms of what, you know, children and, and creating a positive, stimulating, you know, uh, environment. And, you know, you, you don't feel alone in a lot of ways. So, yeah, mm. I think it's so important. Let's talk about... The space that you said that you can work in a great place um, and not so good space in a work environment. What was it that, you know, thinking back, what was it that wasn't so great that really um, strengthened your values and your philosophy and pedagogy? Mm. Kind of look at that and kind of go, actually, I've learned that way and I've tried it. Perhaps I'm not sure whether you've tried it or I've seen it and it doesn't sit very well with me. How do you navigate all of that? And how long were you in that space as well? So it was a few years, um, probably probably two solid years where I was in a space where I felt I didn't feel right at the time, but it was a task that needed to be, do- to, to be done. That was where I was at the time. And actually, I didn't really know any different at the time. But what I remember, I remember feelings from that time, very strong feelings where I was challenged by it not being child focused. And I remember that vividly going, isn't this for children? (laughs) Why are we doing it? Because it's what the adults want to do. And I remember thinking, well, maybe this is what you do. (laughs) You know, maybe this is how it is. And I, but I definitely remember feeling like we're here for children and this is not about children. This is about, you know, it was about breaks and it was about, you know, rosters and it was about um, who's who needs to go wherever, you know, 
it was more about the way more about the adults than about the children. And I I remember thinking that that doesn't sit right with me. And now that I am very very child focused and I'm very very you know it's all about the relationships with the children and their families, I feel like that's why that space was really really challenging and difficult for me on reflection. Yeah. And how do you navigate that? Did you um, try to have conversations with the team? Did you pull in through, you know, theories and frameworks and try to... This was very early on, yeah. just but even actually prior to me finishing my studies. Right. So uh, I didn't have knowledge at the time. I was learning as I was going. So I was seeing this and thinking, "Is this is how it should be. I remember questioning though. And I remember vividly a couple of conversations where I said, I'm wondering about this and why are we doing this? And, you know, the re- the reaction was similar to that voice and like that, you know, that sort of thing. And I was like, oh, okay, well, if that's the way it's done, that's why we're doing it. Mm. So anyway, that was like, you know, it was a couple of years of mm-hmm. doing that mm. and then, you know, slowly evolving into a person or into a space, finding the space where I needed to be. Yeah. And how do you find a space after that? Well, I think I really – look – I have been extremely fortunate and I feel like the world looks out for me, to be honest, and I feel like when I need a thing, it turns up. (laughs) But having said that, I feel like then you're putting your energy out into the world saying, I'm ready to do a thing that's a bit more suited and I feel like that thing will present itself. So being open to that presentation of things. So, you know, new amazing um, job experiences have turned up to me when I'm really ready for them yeah so I, I i feel like that be open to it be open to the change i think that's what maybe i'm trying to say i feel like i'm open to it and ready to do a change when i feel like it's not right yeah yeah and i think that's important because what you've shown is that you are open to challenges as well mm. and open to opportunities um but you're quite really self-reflective as well it sounds that like you're really you know, you're constantly checking in with yourself. Hang on, what does this make me feel mm. like? Does it sit really well in with me? Mm. And, you know, what do I need to do to be able to ask those questions Yeah. Um, and to investigate a little bit more? Because I think that's really important within the sector, which we discussed, um, you know, is about asking and wondering, is that a different way of doing things mm. rather than settling in mm. for what's always been done? And we talk about critical reflection a lot. Mm. It comes, it's a topic, it's a theme that comes mm. up every now and again and you, people are, you know, it's a bit buzzwordy, but it comes up a lot. Mm. And I think it's that. I think that's what it is, questioning and wondering the whole time, whether you want to call it critical reflection or um, just checking in or wondering or just, you know, a reset, whatever. But I think that is happening. You know, it can happen and you've got to be open to it happening. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like I am. I feel like I'm open to that. those questions. Yeah, and I completely agree with you. I think critical reflection is a buzzword now. And I think often people just say, all right, what do you think? What can you do better? And then you stop at those questions. Yeah. Mm. Like, you know, you've got the set questions. List, you kind of yeah. go, oh, yeah, tick, tick, tick. I'll think about it. Yeah. Now I can move on. But it's actually about deep listening, about going dive deeper mm. into what makes you comfortable, what makes you uncomfortable. Mm. Why? Why is this uncomfortable mm. for you? How can yeah. I shift and navigate and really finding out deeper about yourself. Mm. And it's not just about the practice as a whole. I think it's about your own identity and where it sits within you. Mm. And how does that perspective and that perception 
and the values and all of that, you know, experiences that you have and you bring really shapes into your pedagogy of how you do things. And I think people just tend to forget that, isn't it? Yeah, we, mm. we're very good at finger pointing people. I think, I think that's just... <laughs> Agreed. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, now, thinking about, you know, you spoke about a little bit about the challenges that you have in terms of, you know, navigating the different working environment um but building on to your you know i guess teacher's identity what are the things that you discover perhaps about who you are mm. in the early year sector well i feel like that's a really it's a great question to ask everyone should be asking themselves how, how do i fit here what does it look like for me in this space and what do i bring to it you know i feel like i find it interesting to um what's the word to to sort of understand the person that you are and yes I do things um not perfectly in a lot of ways and I have got qualms and quabbles and you know I've got my things but knowing those and knowing that okay I've got these things and the person I'm working with has got those things and being understanding of those things it's about, it's not really this word, but it's a quality. It's about feeling like, or is it equity? Maybe mm, it's equity. equity. Yeah, yeah, it's equity. It's like you bring that, I bring this, and okay, mine is not up to yours in that level, but yours is more than mine in that level, you know, and okay, we'll work it out. And being in a team where you're honest saying, you know, this is too much for me, I can't work this bit out, or this is beyond me, <laughs> can you sort this out? And knowing in a team where you can do that. So I think it's about being self-aware. This is, you can't be perfect and good at all things. That's not realistic. And there's things that I'm not great at and there's things that I am really great at. So doing the things that I'm great at really, really well, you know, mm. makes me feel good and makes me feel like I'm, you know, for my personal, you know, growth and I feel good about myself mm. but then realizing that some of the things I don't do very very well well that's actually okay as well because we're humans and we're not like robots yeah. so I can't do everything really really well and that's fine but then having that chance to be in a team where that other person can understand your non-perfects and you know be understanding of that and be open about it yeah yeah definitely yeah so how long have you been in the sector for I think I'm up to 30 years. Yeah. Yes. And that's a long time to it be is, in the sector. It's a long time. I did start when I was first studying. Yeah. And I started off, um, I actually started, my course was the old Mothercraft nurse wow. course, yeah. which was a long time ago. And anyway, that was um, interesting to do that. And then I only did my bachelor in 2010. So it was a big period of time where I was not just, but I had, diploma qualification and then I wanted to do my bachelor for the longest time and it just didn't present itself in my life at the right times started a couple of times but anyway finished it finally in 2010 so I was really thankful of that and um yeah so it's been a long time you're right it has been a long time and I've seen a lot of things and what I love now is that I'm still learning new things and that's what I really hope people take away from like any job I think you can't do it perfectly just because you've been doing it for years you can still there's things still still to learn and because we're interacting with humans children and families it's going to change all the time 
So you can't be, you can't get it right all the time. You can't be perfect at it. You, there's no perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 constant growth. And so yes, I've been doing it for a long time, but it's not. Um, my journey is just definitely not finished, and I've not finished learning. No way. So I think, you know, I've got a lot of experience and I've seen a lot of things and I've worked out what I sort of want it to look like and I think during that time, but I still am happy to change a few things, you know, here and there because I go, oh, yeah, that's actually a really interesting way of doing it. That's actually better. Why didn't I think of that before? So I'm happy to do that. I'm happy, you know. And what I love about having that experience behind me, here I'm going on, sorry, but I (laughs) I feel like now I love mentoring and sharing with students and I get so much joy out of having a student and talking to them and I know for them it's great learning because it's a we're in a great space but I know for me it's also great learning because giving yourself an opportunity to uh, explain articulate express share what you do and how you do it it validates it for you and you got this is so having students. I feel like it's a it's a bonus for me. I really do, honestly. And I feel like, oh, I've just explained this thing to this student and gone, oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's why we're doing it. And I feel yes, this is why I'm doing it. And then I get you know all fired up and you know passionate again because I've had to explain why it is that I'm doing the thing that I'm doing. And I just think that's a really beautiful thing, really. So having students, you know, people I think get challenged by having students sometimes. You know, it's an extra thing and what are they going to be like and whatever. And I just see it as an amazing opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's my other question. Um, You know, you've been in the sector for so long. What motivates and inspires you? But it sounds like it's great that you're inspired by your passion. Mm. You're almost like every time when you hear yourself, Mm. you kind of go, ooh, that's exciting, (laughs) which is great. Yeah. But is there an external inspiration that you gain from and gather from? Look, I don't know. I don't think there's a – I don't know. I feel like in my family there's a lot of teaching. There's a lot of – my mum is a lecturer at uni now. She was a primary teacher. And um, I've got some family members who are teachers as well. And I feel like Maybe it's our slot in the world, you know, with a teaching clan. I don't know. <laughs> but I feel like um, maybe it's that. You know, we get excited about, you know, the new frameworks is coming in. We're all talking about it. The new something comes, reforms come up and we're talking about it. You know, things come up and we're interested in it. So I feel like maybe it's that. I, it's, I'm supported with it maybe in my, you know, family life, not, in not just my work. In my family life, I'm supported with mm. and, you know, encouraged in this teaching space. Mm. And I think that's important because you're constantly having that professional conversation, mm. that, that critical reflection, but also that deep, you know, uh, pedagogical discussion. And you've got that platform to be able to do that, that not many people yeah. have that. And we just literally spoke about it before the recording around networking, the importance of having that, just small little conversations like Mm. you said, you know, why? Why do we do mealtime and how do we do it progressively and how do we invite families to come in the door? Like those small little things, having those conversations Mm. constantly is so Mm. important in our pedagogical, um, you know, reflection. So it's great that you have that, um, that higher order thinking and reflection and accessible within your family. I can imagine how family dinner looks like. (laughs) 
Well, my, my partner actually isn't in, well, in early years teaching, but he lectures at uni. As, yep. So he's got a sort of a different angle on it as well and he's sort yeah. of newish to that. But, yeah, there's conversations about teaching and about, yeah, it's around. And I haven't really thought of that a lot. So it's really interesting to be to be supported that way. Mm, definitely, yeah. And so what do you do for self-care? How do you look after yourself? You've been in the sector for a really long time. You yeah. navigate a lot of things. Yes. What do you do for yourself? Well, I really enjoy walking. Mm. I do a lot of walking and I've you know, I do have waves in and out of jogging depending on how my body's behaving. But yeah, I do love being, I love being outside. So if I'm having like a moment and a, you know, a day of it, a week of it, whatever of it, I can think back and go, have I actually really been outside enough this week? You know, each day we're outside at work because we run indoor outdoor the whole time. So we've got, you know, I'm outside a lot during a work day anyway, but you know, work, I walk late at night if I have to, I work, walk early in the morning if, that's what it works out like, you know, I don't mind. But as long as I'm getting some walk in, I feel like the day is better. On a teaching day, a kinder teaching day, I get up earlier to do a walk before that day. And I feel like that changes the day if I miss that walk. Wow. It's rare that I miss that walk. But um, if I do miss it because things happen, it's Melbourne. Sometimes it is hailing. I don't mind the rain, but, you know, hail and wind is a bit full on. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Sometimes it's missed and I feel like missing that. So I think it's putting in place little tiny little things. They don't have to be massive. This is like a 45-minute walk. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, you know, half my day. And it's that. I think it's putting that into your routine or your roster or your timetable, whatever, your week, fitting those things in that that suit. And a walk suits me really, really well. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that suits me is catching up with all my people. If I talk to, you know, my mum, my friends, you know, it's constant. <laughs> it's like a constant thing. It doesn't have to be in person. It's a phone call. Sometimes it has to be an SMS and that's it. But, you know, whatever it is, I feel like that for me, because I'm a people person, if I miss catching a couple of my, you know, my core people, then I feel like I'm dipping. So putting time in to make those phone calls or do those messages it's important to me. Yeah. And it's so good to hear that you're so aware of what your body really needs. Yes. Yeah. And where you can reach out to and, and, and you're creating that active role in reaching out to, you know, going out for walks and kind of mm. go, actually, I haven't had a walk this week mm. or I really need one today. Mm. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to make it happen, mm. be it whatever the time is. Mm. Um, and I'm going to, yeah. you know, and I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think we do that enough. Yeah. yeah, and I think bodies, when we haven't moved them or we haven't been outside in the fresh air, that they take a toll. That's what I believe. Humans need to be, you know, moving and outside some of the time. And if you haven't done those things, your body's not working at its optimum. So if your body's not working, well, then your brain's not working and then your brain's not working, you can't make good decisions. You know, it's just a cycle. So look after your body and put good things in it and move it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, completely. So agree. I try and do those things yeah. for self-care. That's yeah. what I try and do. Yeah, fantastic. And what's your next focus? What are the things that you want to work towards in terms of, you know, personal and uh, professional space? Well, personally, I'd love to get running a bit more. <laughs> Let's see how that goes. Anyway, so I'd love to do that. And that I think that um, mindfulness of lapping around an oval 
is amazing. I feel like I, and I love swimming. I love lapping up in a pool. I, I couldn't do it for hours because I go crazy not talking, but you know, I love that idea, that rhythmical meditative sort of space. So yeah, that'd be great if I could run a bit more, but anyway, walking is still just as amazing. Professionally, I have moved into a little bit of a space of mentoring, which is really, really great. I'm doing some work with a uni and we're doing, I'm doing some mentoring, which is really, really exciting. And I love that part of it, particularly because the way that my sessions run at Kinder now over two days, it's not um, inviting for having students. So now I can't have, well, can't, it doesn't work out to have students from unis, which is really disappointing for me. And I think, you know, anyway, so that's a space that's moved and shifted in a way that I wouldn't, I don't like it. (laughs) But anyway, doing some mentoring, which is really, really great. Um, I'm really liking that. I really feel like I've gathered some, I have gathered a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience and I've got a lot of ideas and I'm really keen to share those with people that are coming into this world because, you know, it's, you can only gain experience over time and I've gained it over time now and I want to share it with some people. So that's my next little thing. How am I going to share it? What am I going to do with it now? But I'm still not ready to give up kinder teaching. <laughs> people say, Shelley, it's, you know, it's time now. I go, no, it's not time now. I do. I still really enjoy the interactions with the children and the interactions with the families and creating this community for the people in that year, you know, that are here. And sometimes we only see families for a year, which is a bit heartbreaking. You know, December is like my worst month. I get so upset (laughs) because they're leaving. (laughs) But, you know, it's also wonderful and exciting because, you know, you've created this, um, this kinder person that is ready to go off to school. And when they're going confidently and feeling like they're ready, I feel like, well, look, you know, it's amazing. The year's been fabulous. So, you know, take that with it with the sadness of them moving on. So, um, yeah, I'm still wanting to keep teaching, I think, for a bit of time yet because I do really, really love it. And I feel like, like I said, new ideas pop up and I go, I haven't done that yet. I haven't tried this idea. We actually dried out grapes and met sultanas. I haven't done that before. (laughs) And I go, this has been so interesting because it takes forever. To make a sultana takes ages. So we've been, you know, haven't there's things I haven't done and I'm interested. We've got the pet yabby now. I haven't had a yabby before. So there's things I, I still am interested in doing. And I love learning interesting new things. And if you're interested in learning, will the children go, oh, oh gosh, Jelly's interested. Must be exciting. Oh, and they get on the train and you go, oh, yeah, we're all excited about this drying out of a, you know, grape. <laughs> So, I, you see, I'm not ready to finish doing that because I feel like there's still exciting things to happen. And with each year, a new bunch of children come and it mixes it up again. And you go, oh, this bunch hasn't done this. Yeah. And, you know, even, you know, it, yeah. it, 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 there's things to do. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, it's just you're discovering new things mm. every single year. Yeah. Got a new cohort of children who you might still do drying out grapes but next year will be a whole different discovery that will branch out into a whole Mm. different projects because different children comes with different walks of life who have different perspectives and experiences that you kind of go oh I've never considered that I'm learning from the children Mm. how amazing is that to hear that from you like yeah 
that, that passion. Oh, it's exciting. That, I get excited. Yeah, excitement. Yes. And I think that's what they pick, you know, the children pick up on it. You know, they think, oh, like I said, if I'm excited, they're excited. So then they're engaged and then they're busy and then, you know, their learning is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, let's finish off, unfortunately. One question. One advice you would tell your beginning teacher self, what would that be? 30 years ago. <laughs> 30 years ago, I think I would say get your bachelor earlier. Yeah. That's what I definitely say. Get it earlier and, you know, you know, I wouldn't change what I've already done, but that would be something that I think would have, you know, helped me have more time with this space, in this in this teach more teaching space. I think. Anyway, that and I think the other thing I would do from the very very start, I don't know what it would look like, but set up some sort of storage system for all the amazing things that I find along the way and somehow have it set up from the start I don't know a tub with files that you can put things in even artifacts or something I don't know some sort of boxes or something and label them from the start and say oh, of children's work of children. no of like you know when you want to do um bird's nests and you've got a bird nest from two years ago and you go well where's that bird's nest I've got no idea where it is and if you could find it it'll be perfect if you could grab it out and oh remember that time we found that cicada shell where is that because someone's just said, oh, I heard this noise last night and I wondered what it was. And you think, if we had a cicada shell, oh, my gosh, it's here somewhere. Where is it? So some cataloging <laughs> system where, because I love to get, you know, it's we're very child interest and interest-based and, you know, so we go with what comes up. So I'd love to be able to get the thing out straight away that they are interested in. You know, a picture of a, I don't know, you know, a bogong moth when we need that straight away. I mean, you can use the internet. A picture is one thing yes. and you can get it out. But if, you know, I think storing things in a way that's catalogued and organised would be really, really handy. Yeah, yeah. That, that is such a, a unique answer because I've actually never heard of that. <laughs> yeah, I just think I just think that would be good. I, I feel like if I... <laughs> I mean, the storeroom here is jam-packed with treasures and yeah. to be able to find them all quickly is, hang on, I'm just going to find the thing. I know I've got this. Oh, gosh, where yeah, is it? It's somewhere. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it's a privilege to have you on the podcast, Shelley. Thank you so much for joining us and your wealth of experience and knowledge and passion and enthusiasm just really gets me excited. So I cannot wait for listeners to be hearing your journey, your story, and to be inspired mm. by something along the lines of the, the story that you've given us. Yes. Um, and it's so powerful. And, and we need energies like you. Yes. Well, I look, yeah. write it. I, I, you know, I'm excited because I start talking about it and having opportunities mm. to talk about why you do the things that you do is really, really important. So find those spaces where you can talk about what you are doing why you're doing it find that you know avenue because because talking about it because you said you're feeling excited because you've heard what i'm saying but i'm excited because i'm talking about it so i think opportunities to talk about it are amazing so yeah. find those opportunities yeah. and people who work in the earlier sector we feed off energy mm. that's why we work with children yes. isn't it we're people people yeah we're people people <laughs> and so you need good people around mm. with high energy and high you know same wavelength mm. so that then we get excited and keep going and sustain mm. ourselves in the sector and i yes. think that's really important yeah. so thank you for the time to no, share and you know get myself excited all over again thanks shelly thank, thank you, you. Thank you for listening to Teaching Journey Podcast, Connecting Through Early Education. 
If you like our episodes and have any feedback or you would like to share your teaching journey with us, we love to hear from you. And you can contact us by following our Instagram page by searching Teaching Journey Podcast.